to Tandem Cannon, the gamerific podcast where Call Play is Cannon, and we're waiting for you no ghosts, unless you're proficient at headshots. This is episode 48, Ghostin, where we'll spotlight Ghost Recon, Future Soldier. This is Tiffany. And this is Mia. Let's go straight into the talk from Team Tandem. So, Mia, what have you been up to for game or homework? You know, on this Overwatch grind, finally made it to level 100. Woo! Um, and I actually surpassed that. So now I've started over. I got my portrait, and my stats and everything. But I was talking with Tip beforehand. These loot boxes, though. Uh-huh. Because, <laughs> you know, the Lunar New Year stuff is ending this weekend. So I was like, oh, let me level up, grind as much as I can. And yeah, I thought I would get something special once getting to 100. And... Most of my loot boxes, again, sprays. Mm. Yeah, not happy about that. But it's all good because now I'm trying out new characters and finding out people that work well for me and some that don't work all that well. And it mm-hmm. was fun playing as Reaper. I was just like, God. So he can take off some good damage if you can like get that gun aimed right. Oh, yeah. And, and so he talks shit. <laughs> that was fun. I've been getting some really good kill counts with Hanzo. I'm still struggling with doing his ult and directing it at the right time. And yeah. so that's the struggle with so yeah that's been going well and yeah i downloaded rhyme because it's the playstation plus free game so i got that i haven't had a chance to play it yet obviously because i'm doing lunar new year stuff but i can't wait to get into it and start something new what about you tiff i've also been playing overwatch still trying to do that level grind to 100 so i'm currently on level 93 so i have seven more levels to fulfill that goal before the end of the month and i think i got like a lot of people skins unlocked for the lunar new year luckily so I'm kind of glad for that. Also, Destiny lineup, I had decided with a few members of mine to desert my clan. <laughs> but we ended up integrating into one called GWOT, and they are such cool people. Just wanted to help you out. We were having trouble with rage just by ourselves. And so the clan founder, when I had advertised needing an additional person to fulfill the raid, and he's like, well, I can come and do that for you because I've done this raid more times than I can count. So I was like, cool. So he's just wanting to take anybody who needs a clan home and train them on perfecting their skills and being better especially when it comes to raids so you can just be the best player you can be so if anybody is ever looking for a clan home because i know like destiny is kind of like a signature for a lot of people and understandably because the content hasn't really been that evolutionary since it came out you can at least come to a clan home where people are very welcoming unless you're annoying and i'll leave it there but also i've got sims 4 and i was talking to me a little bit about sims 4 and how it's just weird to have a sims game that doesn't take long to start up you don't have a million icons on your desktop and it's very very small in comparison to a lot of it i'm just so used to the openness that sims 3 was even though my sims 3 every time i started struggled especially with me having custom content on it but i'm playing the game vanilla for right now just to see what the base has to offer there's so many buttons and a lot of the buttons are what you're used to but it's staged differently it took me a long time to find out where the needs were oh yeah the ui is a little bit weird i like they combine the build and buy buttons together just to make it simpler but at the same time there are certain parts about the ui that are very cluttered and Mm -hmm. we were talking about even in the worldview mode trying to change the type of lot for Mm -hmm. a specific lot or something like that. There are some things that I wish they had focus tested a little bit more, but in some ways it's cleaner because you can find things a little bit easier, but at the same time, it's trying to find like certain types of information. Yeah, it's really strange. I turned off the tutorials because I'm like, I played all the generations of Sims. I don't need them. Oh, wait. Nope. Yeah, it's just different, but I'm glad 
a lot of concepts have changed. I'm glad that if your character is pregnant, they can go to work still. I always thought that was weird that you stopped working all of a sudden as soon as you start showing your second trimester, but they make it realistic. But at the same time, they don't give characters the time off afterwards because it seems like my Sims is always tired. Kind of cool that you can do a pregnancy test. Unfortunately, my Sims, by the time they are done working and slaving at their jobs, they're just too tired to go and do anything. Mm-hmm. And I had also the get together expansion pack. So they're constantly calling. It's always at an inopportune moment. It's like you should stop calling once they have small kids at the house. So they're just like, you know, they cannot go out right now. The nannies, even though they do tend to the kids, is not really as attentive as I like because my kids were starving and they were up tearing their dollhouses down. So yeah. Yeah. I don't like it with get together when adults are trying to call your children. And- Wait a minute, what? Oh, yeah. I've- oh, you want to hang out or something like that? The- get the fuck off my phone, you little it's- nasty. Go away. That is so pedo. Luckily, there's a mod for everything, so thank God. You can eliminate some of the phone calls where they're more appropriate, or some of my adult sims, they'll get a call from a kid, be like, hey, you should hang out at this nightclub. The fuck? This sounds like Where's some creepy-ass shit. Where are your parents? Like, I need to whoop both of them. But I hope you do enjoy once you start getting the expansions, because like I said, Parenthood, I would strongly recommend that one if you're a family-oriented person. I still got a lot of expansions, and I got the toddler set. I got the Parenthood stuff, so I'm loving it. It just has to get used to these new elements. It's just going to take a while. So, we have quite a bit of news here. Apparently, Overwatch has gotten a new character, huh, Mia? Yep! Brigitte! Yes! So yeah, she is the newest character on the block and she's a support character, but it seems like with her skills and abilities, she's kind of like a hybrid between a support and a tank, which Mm -hmm. is pretty badass and awesome. Like she has her own sort of barrier shield, mainly for herself, but it could also help allies that are either behind her or near her. But I just like that there's a good range of abilities she has. She seems very versatile. Her skill set includes both health and armor abilities, depending Mm -hmm. on the situation. She can do some damage but she can also help support her team which is mm-hmm. really awesome so i can't wait to get a hold of her because as of right now she's still with ptr PC. on yeah. pc only so once she comes to consoles then it's on it's gonna be pop on and- yeah <laughs> bashing bitches in the face gonna be fun. i'm saying yeah and then come get your armor tori or that's my mind it's like oh well i made it better dad Deuces. i know right because yeah. mine can also heal So that's really exciting. And then we have a new Harry Potter RPG trailer that just got released. Yes. So it's going to be a lot like Pokemon Go, but it's Harry Potter Hogwarts Mysteries by Jam City. And Mm -hmm. so it takes place right before Harry Potter's time at Hogwarts. So Mm -hmm. that means you won't have to worry about possibly dying every May. Right. You can still get into your own adventures and and mysteries at Hogwarts, but you won't have to deal with Voldemort or anything like that. And I believe Bill Weasley is still at school. So it's during like that time. This is pretty cool. Awesome. I cannot wait. You get to learn potions, do spells. You get sorted. You can make your own custom avatar. And I was like, mm. please, for the love of God, please have black people's skin tones. And more that's than what one, I was worried about. Like, have that and a wide variety of black people hair. Like, please do not fuck please. this up. I swear. Please. But yeah, you can pre-register on Google Play, but it's supposed to be released sometime this spring. So we're looking forward to it. 
so excited. This is going to be so lit. Of all the games I have on my phone, there's no Harry Potter games anywhere to be found. So that space needs to be filled like ASAP. Yeah, and I normally don't play games on my phone, but this is one I would totally do. So it's going to be released on both Google Play and in the Apple Store. Cannot wait. So Tiff, tell us about this Dallas Fuel watch party event because I didn't get to go. And I'm so sad about that. And which is unfortunate because I think you would really, really love it if you were able to go. But it was the last Friday in February. This one was cool because it was Dallas Fuel versus the LA Gladiators. And Scott Murray from Assembly of Geeks actually gave us a heads up that they were having a watch party. So I was just like, you know, sure, why not? So the first hundred people were able to get t-shirts and wristbands. But by the time we got there, the shirts were already gone. People were already decked out. That was the first game I think I've ever watched fully of Dallas Fuel competing. And they did great because apparently I think there was a guy that they had just gotten over from the London team. He didn't play the first round, but I believe he played the middle two. And they won three to one. So that was an awesome show and definitely fueled my Dallas pride. So that was pretty sweet. That's so cool. I wish I Mm could have gone. The excitement in that room was unmistakable. So yeah, definitely if you're ever in the Dallas area and want to participate in that, they have all that stuff on their Twitter because I think they have at least one or two per season for you to go and enjoy. So that was pretty lit. I would do that again, definitely. And bring me with me next time. Damn right. So in other news, A Way Out releases March 23rd. And as you know, this is the game we're really looking forward to because it is a co-op game solely focused on co-op. And you do have the option of both couch and online co-op play, which is awesome. But we're really excited about this because if it's anything like Army of Two in terms of gameplay mechanics, then Mm -hmm. it's going to be exciting. So we can't wait. And then in some other news, unfortunately, we found out Haven Con this year, 2018, this will be their last year of their convention. As you know, HavenCon is an LGBTQ nerd convention in Texas, and it's one of the only ones and one of the largest ones in Texas, but they have decided not to continue after this year. Founder, unfortunately, he's been having some issues with his health and its fundraising has been a problem in the past, and so it's very upsetting because this is a convention that's definitely needed, and they need to be able to have their own space to enjoy that and be welcome among themselves, but... I'm hoping that either another con will take its place, maybe it'll take the ashes of that and create something new, or even better, current nerd conventions are more LGBTQ safe and inclusive and they provide more content and opportunities to get involved from the ground floor to have that visibility. So we hope they do have a good final year. I'm not able to go, unfortunately, but we wish them the best of luck. So, And then PlayStation Plus members, the monthly games will no longer include PS Vita or PS3 games for the monthly send-off after March 8th of 2019. So that means is at that point on only PlayStation 4 titles will be released through the monthly games and if you have any PS3 or Vita monthly games that you have previously downloaded or they're in your download list they will stay playable as long as you maintain a PlayStation Plus subscription and I call Mm. kind of bullshit on that because I'm like if I'm already paying a subscription fee right I want to be able to play my game whenever I want exactly if I've already gotten it I've already paid my dues why is it 
that I have to maintain my subscription to play a game that I technically have already paid for. I thought that was just very messy. I'm going to maintain it regardless because, you know, co-op stuff. But still, it's just the principle of the thing. What always confused me is when I go into my list of download games on my profile for PSN and how it will show like a date. Why would it expire? Yeah, you paid for that shit. Yeah. Through your subscription. You pay yeah. for that. So why is it we're being penalized, technically, if we decide not to keep up with our subscription? Why are you being penalized for that if it's something you already paid into already? Right. And if it's that much of an issue, then either offer less games or do something to revamp that where it's yours forever. And I think that's part of the reason why I'm still a proponent of getting a physical copy. Right. Because um, especially with the fuckery that was going on with the digital versions of the Warriors getting altered with the licensed yeah. songs. I don't want y'all messing with my shit. Exactly. And luckily PC has not had the same sort of issues, but I understand why they're phasing out the PlayStation 3 and Vita. They've been around for a minute, but... A lot of the games on the PlayStation 4 are retools or remasters from the PS3 generation anyway. Yeah. And so it's like, what else can you give me? You're not giving me anything new outside of that most of the time, so... And is it even worth it at that point then right. to keep your subscription? PlayStation is kind of shooting themselves in the foot. So they should sit down because they can barely keep themselves from being breached from time to time. Thank you. They got bigger things to be worrying about instead of my game that I purchased way back in 2011. Oh my god. Cutting that shit off. <laughs> oh my god. Turn the fuck down. Seriously. We can see where the priorities are here. Please send us your comments, how you feel about the situation. If this is something that does affect you, do you feel the same way? Kind of reach out to us on our socials and all that. So, Tiff, are you ready to level up? Do, 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 do. Let's level up! So for today's tandem topic tea time, we are going to be soldiering. Ghost Recon, future soldier. Yeah, let's kill him. Yeah. yeah. But the reason why we wanted to focus on this game, because it's one of the best co-op games out there that you can play. It features four-player co-op, among other things. And we're going to talk about the game more in depth. But Tiff, you want to start us off on the world of Ghost Recon, future Certainly. soldier. Just a brief background on the game. Ghost Recon, future soldier was released between May 22nd or the 25th, 2012 on Xbox 360 and the PS3, but unfortunately Windows had to wait until June 28th of that year to get their release. But this is another nail underneath the Tom Clancy series umbrella. The publisher and developer was Ubisoft. I didn't know until now that this was the first Ghost Recon game in the 10-year span that had gotten an M rating. I just wanted the game because it was cool, not necessarily because it had an M on it. Also, what was cool about this game is it was a third-person shooter, but when you're aiming down the sights of the gun, it changes to a first-person. For the campaign mode, it was oriented towards one- to four-person gameplay. So a lot of times, if you're just playing by yourself, you'll still have a four-man team with three of your people being well-trained AI, and you can fill it up however you want. So Also, there was a 24-minute film called called Ghost Recon Alpha that takes place prior to the events of Future Soldier where a squad was designated to disarm and take out nuclear devices and a lot of the ghost leader Pepper and 30K who are a part of the main squad in Future Soldier was also a part of that short. So it kind of gives a little background of what this game was before it gears up. The setting of the campaign mode takes place in 2024 and the prologue sets off of a four-man ghost team in Nicaragua to disarm some weapon trackers, but unfortunately that doesn't pan out well because there's a trap that was laid on one of the vehicles, ends up killing the team. And this is where we see everything fall to shit. Everything's on fire, some of the squad mates actually burn to death, some fall to their deaths while burning and very visceral experience. It's probably why I got the M rating right off the bat. I mean, you see the fire burning through one of these 
these dudes' arms. It is very surreal yeah. seeing that. So yeah. Luckily, the storyline takes off from there where another team of ghosts, they knew the first team pretty well, and they're called Hunter. Their task is to track down where the bomb came from. So you're getting revenge on the people that killed the original ghost team. And so it consists of four people. First one is Captain Cedric Ferguson, who's nicknamed Ghost Leader. So black man in charge. He's awesome. Yeah. Then you have Staff Sergeant John Kozak. Huh? And he's just called Kozak. I think he's part Russian. And so there's yeah. part of the storyline that focuses on his identity and connection to what's going on. Because there's parts of the game that take place in Russia. And I think maybe the Ukraine. Another person. Master Sergeant Robert Bonifacio, nicknamed Pepper. <laughs> oh, Pepper. <laughs> you learn a lot about Pepper over the course of the story. He's probably one of the favorites. And then yes. Sergeant First Class Jimmy Ellison, who is nicknamed 30K. And Pepper and 30K, if you are playing co-op they can serve as ai squad mates for you and they are very efficient and very good apart from being like nearly blown up by warhound they're pretty efficient at their job so oh, yeah. they're a little too efficient we're gonna talk about that <laughs> but i think it just speaks highly to the level of proficiency for the game that you mm-hmm. have to have but from there when they kind of start off on the treasure hunt of where this bomb originated from and so their first place that they go to is trying to rescue an arms dealer named gabriel paez and the hunter team oh a lot of stuff goes down trying to rescue this guy and it opens up this whole can of worms and trying to track this down and we figure out it's much more complicated than we originally thought yeah it's, this it's a is, lot bigger it's much bigger this is a worldwide thing each mission that you come across will have different code names for example, Nimble, Guardian, or Firefly Rain. Firefly Firefly. Fi- <laughs> I like how we went in two different directions, but we still, we were on the same wavelength. This is and like, <laughs> Fire Rain. Yeah. See, this, this is a mark of a true friendship, guys. Like, we yes, need to do this shit. Already. This is why yeah. you need a good co-op buddy. Go down, like, their list of different names. It is so cool to see the code names for each thing. Just random shit. I always like the mission names for some reason. Yeah, you get sent all over the world only to find out it's behind a Russian ultra-nationalist organization called Raven's Rock. And they were actually behind the bomb and you kind of figure out what's going on there and how that got started. You are tracking down arms dealers in connection to this whole organization. At some point, there's actually a terrorist attack behind this group. So you just start off with this small potato here trying to keep him from getting killed. And all of a sudden you're... No balls. Yeah, it just balloons out of nowhere. And it's more than I think anybody expected out of the team so some of the cool things about ghost recon especially as you know the ghost recon series is all about tactics and gameplay but in this situation especially the tactical technical elements are very crucial to aspects of your gameplay because you are a ghost you know it's one of those things where if you fuck up we disavow any knowledge of what you've done pretty much um, the majority we, you did not exist yeah and the majority of your firefights are going to be under stealth so right. stealth is crucial your job is to get in do the thing get out and you leave no trace that you were ever there so the main part of it of course guns if you want to talk about <laughs> yeah they have this element in the game called the gunsmith at the start of each mission you have the opportunity to switch out your gunplay so you have your smgs your lmgs all the other g's you can get your snipers and you also get the chance to customize your weaponry from the optics painted to any kind of camo or whatever you want on the magazines the trigger adjustments muzzles the magazines itself you want it to be a stationary gun you can do that too or side railing anything you can do about 52 variants on the weapon by itself also they give you the opportunity to go to the firing 
range to test out your weapon to see if you like it or if you'd rather have it be semi or automatic firing. It was pretty cool. Even though we just went with what we had, a lot of these weapons often lean into challenges. And there were two different kinds of challenges on different kinds of game difficulties, whether if you played it on Elite or Normal Mode. But you had a weapon challenge, which is doing a specific task, like eliminating enemies in a matter of seconds with a specific kind of weapon. And there's only one of those per mission. You also had tactical challenge, so it just depends on the mission. Wasn't there also a percentage proficiency we had to be? Yeah, for some guns, you had to have a certain proficiency level. It really challenged your skills on the battlefield because yeah. especially if you're stealth, you can't get detected on some levels. Like if you yeah. get detected, you lose the entire level. It makes planning crucial for you. And especially with tactical things with the way that guards did their rotations, you right. had to be very strategic on how you took out guards. And a lot of right. times we're like, okay, let's start from the top and exactly. then work our way down. And even then, the little thing trigger. trigger. So if you took out someone on the bottom and you had someone on the balcony, most likely that person from the balcony should see it if they're in their line of view. They see that dead body drop, then you didn't do your priorities right. There was one that we also had to take out when planes were going overhead, so it drowned out the noise Yeah, as well. It's stuff like that. It was really smart. I really love the way that they did this game. I wish there were more games that were that detailed and that specific because, man, right. we can talk about this all day. Probably the best thing about being a ghost is all the toys that you get. Yes. Um, you get a wide variety of different technological things to help you on the battlefield. The first one is your drone, and this one is mm-hmm. essentially crucial in terms of scoping out your area, marking mm-hmm. targets for you, and it can scout ahead and see what you're dealing with. So that way you mm-hmm. can start plotting and planning ahead. And this is very crucial. Your drone is a lifeline, and you'll yeah. use it probably 100% of the time. Of course, it can be shot down if it's spotted, so you have to be very careful about flying it too low or flying mm-hmm. it too close to a watchtower. But it can also convert into a toy-like car, so it can fit into air vents and, and get into those small places. I think there was one place where it infiltrated a terrorist camp, and it can actually shock enemies. So it has an EMP detonator, so it can stun enemies, and that way it allows your team to get in there, take them out, and get out right. quickly. Where we had to go through there was a lot of fans and we had to like go and EMP the fans in the vent to slow them down so we can all walk through. So it's a little versatile. Kozak is the only one that can have it. And then our favorite is the Warhound. Yeah. Oh man, Warhound is on point. Warhound is a mobile artillery unit. It's just hell on wheels. It's a walking destroyer elephant hybrid. (laughs) If you ever wanted to act out your Michael Bay fantasies, this is the toy to do it because it explodes all the things. It has missiles for days and it will fuck up anybody that tries it wrong. All he needs is an American flag hanging off of him and it'll be a done deal yeah. and like a Budweiser truck. Yeah, It's done. An eagle flying in the background. <laughs> kicking enemies in the face. So it's badass. Warhound was one of the parts where we could just go balls to the wall because if you see that thing coming, it's time to go. You gotta get mm. out. It was only featured in certain parts of the game. One mission, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, and I wish we had more, but of course, you're ghost so you can't really have a lot of things that call attention to your yourself but it was just nice to be able to unleash that hell and then a ghost camouflage which is your lifeline it's a shield that can keep you invisible but it only works if you're far away from a target and so it's very crucial for stealth if you get too close you can be spotted and that can alert enemies and all sorts of chaos there's actually one specific level where your enemies actually have ghost camouflage too the bodark or something on there so it made difficult to see them and ours was impaired so yeah 
And so it's like the tables have been turned and it was one of the most challenging levels, but it was wonderful. So, so this is how it feels. Yeah. Shit. But you feel literally invincible with that thing on, but you still right. have to be careful. And then of course you have all types of goggle scopes like night vision, magnetic, heat vision. So you have a lot of tools at your disposal. We usually would do magnetics because a lot of times we were in places like Africa where there was a whole bunch of sand and there was a sandstorm we had to walk through. And so the magnetics kind of helped to see through all of that. Kind of cool to have the different scopes to get you through. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the gameplay a little bit because mm-hmm. we've mentioned stealth is a crucial aspect of this game and right. for the majority of the game you're going to have to be stealthy. Like you can't go like just cause where you can just blow up everything that moves. The survivability of your team is dependent largely on you guys being stealthy. So yeah. Right. <laughs> and gives you the element of flow micromanaging your team especially if they give you the element of marking your targets up to four so that you can do a countdown sync shot with your teammates and stuff to take out multiple targets at a time and of course you always want to try to plan ahead before you start to keep the craziness down to a minimum because right there's a lot more enemies than there are of you guys and while you do have other types of guns like assault rifles smgs you have to be very careful with that we've played it multiple times but it's just one of those games you gotta play it co-op but there are other game modes that you can play outside of the campaign the more common stuff their first mode is conflict 15 minute versus mode where two teams fight over several objectives on the map each objective is 100 points for your team and so once your objective is captured you have to defend it because then the enemies will be trying to come back to recapture it and you get bonus points for killing enemies which is you know awesome and then you have decoy where two teams fight over three objectives throughout three rounds and each of them are 10 minutes and so one is the main key objective and the other two are decoys so you have to figure out which is the decoy you don't Mm -hmm. know which is real or not at the start of the game so that's the extra challenge so what else did they have tiff they also had gorilla mode which we've played basically the survival wave mode where you go and capture an hq and you secure it by wiping out the waves of enemies that come in and there is no gunsmith mode true survival mode so you get whatever weapons are either dropped by enemies or at random drops before the start of the next wave also by the time you do like enough waves the hq will then move to where you have to recapture that point mm-hmm. and there's a variety of different maps both from the base and the dlc of the game to do that on also there is one called saboteur which is a 10 minute limit total game where two teams try to blow up the other team's base there is usually some kind of neutral bomb in the middle of the field for one team or the other to come and get the poor people who have to get the bomb they cannot run so they have to use their secondary weapon to try and defend themselves once the key objective is completed a final objective will be revealed and then the wins are indicated if the attackers of the final objective destroys it or if the defenders are able to keep the attackers at bay Hmm. and then they also had siege which is basically the best of three rounds kind of an objective elimination game one team is the offense and must transmit intelligence from an objective and then the other team must defend it Mm -hmm. and then you win if the objective is either completed or defended or enemies are completely eliminated from another team so there's that and then there's also stockade which is part Mm -hmm. of the arctic strike dlc and this is a new mode where it's a 10 minute round team-based game and you're actually sent to the stockade after dying like timeout yeah you're putting timeout yeah (laughs) if you kill an enemy it releases a teammate from the stockade and so they get to get added back into the game and then if you kill everybody it ends the match entirely and then if you hack an 
objective, it frees all the teammates from timeout. So that's kind of cool. Like I've never mm-hmm. really heard of that before. But then again, we don't really play a lot of multiplayer specific modes like that. Usually it's right. either campaign or something like Overwatch. And then the last one is Takeover, which is part of the Kyber Strike DLC. That one is a 10 minute round deathmatch where killing each enemy gains one point for you. Okay. So yeah, all of these had different sorts of classes that you could choose from, like an engineer, rifleman, or scout. Not and, like Star Wars Battlefront. Yeah, or... and so you had access to different types of weapons, like heavy weapons for certain people or a sniper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, there's just so much with this game that you could get into. But one of the reasons why we really enjoyed it is because of the co-op experience, obviously. Yeah. You play up to four people, and so that gives you lots of opportunities to learn about your communication style and mm-hmm. talk about tactics. Again, you can't do balls to the wall with this game, so you All have right. to communicate to each other. Okay, what is our objective? What are we going to do? What if, do we need to do first? Yeah. And all that stuff, yeah. Because yeah. if one person is impulsive and they just decided to shoot, it could screw up the entire level, especially on those levels where you can't be detected at all. And there's several of them, so it adds a special amount of challenge to the game, and you do come to rely on each other to make it through. And I think that's why when we started playing Ghost Recon Wildlands, we were like, okay, so what is our objective? What do we need to do? When, meanwhile, your brother's like, done all that shit. Yeah, and I'm like, how sweet? Yeah. He's like, I'm already bringing bodies in the <laughs> barn. Like, where have y'all been? We got a barbecue. You, know, you want some? I'm like, where did you get some? the barbecue from? But okay. I'm like, I'm like, I wanted some. But then again, I'm, I'm curious about where you got that meat from. So, but a lot of that element is different. A lot of people, amongst other things, were thinking that the Wildlands is one of the worst games ever. But I can't wait to see what different elements besides for the open world of what it is. But I kind of miss going from place to place instead of it just being to one confined area of a large map. Kind of like every other Ubisoft game there is. Yeah. And I liked yeah. it because there was a, a specific challenge from the jump with the stealth mechanics and the fact that the AI on both sides is very intelligent. Um, right. It made planning a crucial part of the experience. I don't think there was any level that you could just kind of run and gun and think that you're going to get out alive. It'll make things a lot more difficult to achieve your objectives. And we were really trying to do the challenges, a lot of those. We got most of them done. We, most yeah, of them. We did because we were trying to get access to some of the better guns and you get certain perks for finishing certain challenges so it's worth your while if you are a person who likes co-op or if you like playing with other people with friends and you enjoy tactical stealth games this is perfect for you then because you get to do tons of sniping and that's a lot of fun but I think I liked it also because we played this game multiple times but I think this is out of all the games we've played maybe other than Army of Two this is probably the most tactical game that we've had to strategize on and definitely that, I felt like that helped with our communication skills and helping us bond as a team oh, yeah. because if you know one of us is down it's like oh I need healing or whatever but sorry Genji <laughs> But yeah, the AI in this game is stellar. And I can't really say that for a lot of games, but especially with this one, the AI was mm-hmm. on point. Yeah. Speaking of which, yeah. you ready to spin it? Yeah, let's spin that wheel of random tandem. So 
for today's wheel of random tandem tiff what things in ghost recon future soldier do you feel like this game you have to suspend disbelief for a second well this is kind of a loaded question because considering the technology that you're rocking especially with the cloaking mechanism for your ghost concealment this is probably going to be a joint answer the thing that had me suspend disbelief was how pepper and 30k when we're just playing by ourselves but any ai can pretty much walk through any enemy lines run straight past them without being detected is that it's like assassin's creed all over again most of the time this is when we're setting up marking the targets and getting them ready and usually pepper when it's just us playing is three or four of that so pepper and 30k are lining up shots but they are going all over this damn map to get there it's like how are you getting over there without being detected by the enemy if i even come like a step closer we're gonna get shot it's not even like they're using their ghost armor they're sprinting so if there was a really sketchy shot that you weren't sure that you were gonna actually gonna hit because you might get detected send pepper or 30 because golly they, they will, will do it they will do it and be like all right so who's next so i got the aiming through a tree that's my other cider i got going on so i don't even know but yeah. you had kind of like <laughs> a, a little bit of the same huh yeah because they are too good at their jobs <laughs> i could probably count on my hand the number of times pepper and 30 were in any legitimate trouble where we had to go save them mm-hmm. in any capacity you don't really even have to micromanage them all that much because their ai oh. is that smart on one level is a good thing because then you can focus on what you're doing and you don't have to like okay go here do the thing make sure mm-hmm. you do this but and i don't know if that was because they're elite soldiers like they're they should have a level of training and skill that can get them through a battle without being detected i guess that speaks highly to the game and what they do right. with their jobs and everything they are highly trained specialist killers so it makes sense but at the same time how did you do the thing yeah like they're straight up gangsters so they're hilarious i love it another thing I didn't think of this earlier, but you don't really get a lot of backstory on your characters. You get like snippets here and there. One of the things that I felt like Ubisoft should have done more was add more to their story. And apparently there was supposed to be more to the characters. Mm-hmm. We found out more about their backstories through doing research. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't realize Pepper was from Stephenville and that he was half Latino and seeing his last name, that makes all the sense. I found out Kozak, apparently, by the time Wildlands comes out, he's just mentioned in it and how his wife left him, cleared out the house and left him with nothing but a chair. Kozak was having some issues. He ends up taking center stage in the story. And there's one specific mission where you get to play as him and another character on a certain mission. And it's one of those mm-hmm. things that you can't alert anybody. Yeah. Um, it's just you and your homie trying to take everybody out. I just wish that we had more of those moments of bonding between the characters where you actually get to see them just hanging out, not really shooting up anything. But what do they yeah. do on their off time when they actually get it? But- what about to say when they actually have <laughs> off time? Because weren't they like in the middle of eating something and just like automatically got called? There's like, we got back they literally got right off 20 minutes an hour or something like that it was like oh you guys have another mission and everybody else is looking at them mad it's like look we didn't ask for this shit we want yeah eat. i want it's a like, beer damn it it's my comfort time y'all have to interrupting that barely even got my throat wet mm-hmm. no so that's pretty much all we had to say about ghost recon future soldier if you ever get a chance go play it we play through ps3 so if you ever want to hook up with us and join our squad feel free message us we can add you as a friend and whatnot and you can play together because i think it's been a minute since we've last played so tiff do you have any final thoughts the socials though that twitter that
at Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Tumblrs. Mm-hmm. Do it. And you can also contact us at tandemcanon at gmail.com. Leave us messages. If you have any comments on our previous episodes, we had a really interesting one from Kevin. Oh, yeah. about our romance and video games and the turmoil that he went through with Alistair and such pain. <laughs> Dropped him like a whore. But yeah, hit us up. You know where we are. As for new followers, we have Black and Proud, Dennis Dyack, X Mira Mira, Yay, Daniel Daniel Cioso, and GMJR nineteen oh six. This is actually Gilbert, who is the co creator of Educated Black Siblings yes. podcast, and they are awesome. So definitely make sure you follow them. As for commenters, Tiff, who do we have this week? <laughs> we have Kevin from Toyage with that marvelous comment about our bad. Bad romances and video games and how, <laughs> like we said, Alistair pretty much dropped him like a whore. <laughs> yeah, so don't make Alistair king. Uh, Apparently. Don't, don't do it. Because <laughs> these hoes ain't loyal. So Alistair was not for that business. But thank you, Kevin, for that lovely comment. And, yeah. of course, the educated black siblings. Woohoo! They're awesome, as always. Mm-hmm. And I think their theme songs stay kind of consistent. They just released an episode uh, yes. yesterday. It was good, though. I liked it. So <laughs> they talked a lot about Black Panther. And yes. It was I'm getting my life right now. But as for special shout outs, Martha Coleman, yay! Yay! She got back in touch with us, and I think we're planning a joint episode at some point. We're yeah. trying to figure everything out, but we can't wait. Storm Boxhead Hughes, he sent us early access codes for Really Good Battle. Just released, like, I think maybe two weeks ago. So if mm-hmm. you have not tried it, go on Steam. It's fun. It's awesome. Like, it's just such a fun game, and you can play mm-hmm. it, I think, up to four player co op. So. Sweet. X Mira Mira, we highlighted her on last time on our PYT, and she does hilarious sim videos. So please go watch her because she's funny. She was dragging mm-hmm. her sims, and what was it? She, oh. uh, her most recent video was testing out Jungle Adventures expansion, and somehow, I guess, like there was a group of people dressed in bears and they were dancing. And I guess salsa dancing is a new skill. I don't know if that's the, the actual name of it, but they can salsa dance. And, and she's like, Yes, yeah, throw that ass in a circle. I'm dying. Yeah, go check her out. Steve-O the Gutter Nerd. We're homies on Twitter. Alcon. Yay. Yay. We have some really cool announcements about Alcon. We'll get to that in a little bit. And then Black Girl Gamers for being awesome. Thank you guys so much. And we love you. Yay. So, Tiff, who did you have this week for your PYT? I picked next of Ken and that's K-E-N. I picked him because he does a lot of countdown lists but a lot of it is based off of pop culture stuff. He did two videos on the top 21 reasons why the Golden Girls were savage. I'm like <laughs> oh my gosh yes. Those quips though man. <laughs> Those quips are off the chain. He did one on the movie Clue. He's done a couple game related ones like he did one for the intro monologues for Injustice 2. I just love countdown lists in general but he lists all of that from like Fresh Prince to Family Guy or art just anything in pop culture butler dude from the nanny i mean he pretty much has a count that list for everybody so that's awesome Oh, just get my nostalgia going so quick. So yeah, definitely next to Ken. What about you? So I had to put RPG gameplay. He is really awesome. He's a Saints Row YouTuber and he's actually in charge of the Saints Row Underground website that discusses a lot of the lore. They do, you know, different things about the current releases, talking about the Saints Row series, where it's going Mm -hmm. from. But he runs an actual forum called SaintsRowUnderground.com. He keeps us updated. He does a documentary series on previous characters like 
His most recent one was on Lynn and her history, what happened to her and how it connects with Donnie. Because if you played Saints Row 2 on the PlayStation 3 or Xbox 360, but you never played one, Donnie is a character who actually started with Saints Row, the original, and is connected to Lynn. And so when you meet him in Saints Row 2, it's a reunion of sorts. And that's why he is the way he is because of that situation with Lynn. I don't want to spoil anything, but yeah. So if you are interested in Saints Row, want to hear more about updates, or if you're interested in learning more about the franchise as a whole, go follow him, go sign up for Saints Row Underground, do the thing. So you. Awesome. I guess let's go through the list of events. We have all con March 15th through the 18th in Addison. And we have a panel. We actually have two. So we do have a panel at all con, which we are looking forward to. We just love all con and stuff. So hopefully with this new saying and of course, brand new year, there'll be more foot traffic. So we're definitely looking forward to that. The big time fan expo Dallas, which will be April 6th through the 8th in Dallas. We also have the TCC South campus anime expo, which will be April 14th in Fort Worth. And we'll have the let's play gaming expo on July 27th through the 29th in Irving. And then we will also go to QuakeCon August 9th through the 12th in Grapevine. And we're still waiting to hear. I think we might be attending Infinicon. We're not 100% sure yet because I think it's mm-hmm. the weekend prior to QuakeCon. Check us out and follow along. If you are interested in any of these events, go sign up. Do the thing. They're awesome. Do the thing. Yeah. Do the thing. Do the thing. So our next episode is going to be March 25th. And we're going to be talking about Volition Games. Da, da, as you guys know, we're big fans of the Saints Row series. This way we get to talk about Saints Row, Agents of Mayhem, some of their other games. So, yeah, check it out. Sweet Bible Jesus. Well, anyway, I think that is all. So, please follow all the social stuff. Stay game-tastic. Game responsibly. Stay safe, yeah, y'all. Stay safe. <laughs> I'm not waving this time. I'm so proud of myself. I actually put my damn hand up. Aww. Like, I didn't do the actual wave. I just put my hand up. And I was like, no, no, Tiffany. Put your hand because you're not sure. They have to feel the love, Tiff. Uh, it's just this is my third shower, y'all. I mean, come on. <laughs> After this. I'm not trying to be creepy, y'all. I, I yes, swear. she is. Bye. No, no. Yes, she is. Bye. <laughs> I'm not creepy. Don't yeah, she's really not. Bye. Bye. Bye.